I love the Western United States. Contrary to popular opinion in California, where they say everything that's not California is back east. Oh, you're from Idaho? That's back east. No. The Western U.S. begins at the Mississippi River and goes from there, which includes massive amounts of land and space. If you look at a map of the entire U.S., it's just stunning. You see all of the population in the east and sprawling expanses of space in the west. That's what I'm talking about. In the western U.S., the 14,000, not 14,000, there's about 100 mountain peaks at 14,000 feet. Over half of those are located in the state of Colorado. Colorado Rockies. That's where I'm from. I was born in Denver. And I didn't spend much time there. But every time I go back, and I've gone back so many times, I just feel at home in Colorado. And put on some John Denver, <laughs> and I'm okay. I love the mountains. That's one of the things that stood out to me as I entered the state of California for the first time and came up through Southern California along the coast. I see these rolling hills and mountains and so much terrain. It's as if God just made this beautiful place. I love to go up Mount Diablo and just look. Or even go into the Oakland Hills, and there are places where you can sit and see the city of Oakland and the city of San Francisco and the bay in between and just watch and wonder at the beauty of a mountain, of the elevation that offers us perspective. God gives us the image of a mountain. And we look at that as we begin our Advent series in Isaiah chapter 2. The image of a mountain. Chapter 2 of Isaiah and verse 1, the word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. The prophet says, In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it, many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house, the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They 
shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Isaiah's prophecy is invitational. Come and let us experience the beauty and the glory and the wonder of this picture. God's mountain, the mountain of the Lord. And the prophecy speaks of a future day when God will reign, literally reign, in Zion and instruction will go out from there. And you've probably heard this image. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. It will be a time of peace. A time when we're safe. A time when we don't worry about the threat of war. We don't worry about the jockeying for position of world powers, a time of peace. Can you envision that? That's what Isaiah is inviting us to see. This is what he says, Messiah will usher in. I want you to think and dream and experience your way into this vision. The mountain of the Lord. The prophet said it's like instruction comes from there. We go to the mountain and it teaches us. We learn. From a point of exalted elevation, we have, right, perspective. When you're in downtown Oakland, you can't see the bay. When you go up into the Oakland hills, you can see everything. A clear day on Mount Diablo, you can see everything surrounding so much area. As you go up, your perspective increases. The mountain of the Lord is a place that, uh, that we can go. Not only literally to a point of higher elevation, but within ourselves in our time that we spend with God, working our way into the experience of the mountain of the Lord, which means at least this, according to the vision, that God himself is our teacher. I love that. Because in our lives we've become so accustomed to being taught by other folks, right? Our pastors, our Sunday school teachers, our school teachers, our parents. Most everything that we know comes to us secondhand. Somebody's told us. Somebody's taught us. This is how you ought to be. This is what you ought to do. What if we cut out the middleman? This is something historically as Baptists that we believe, right? We believe in the priesthood of the believer. We believe in soul freedom, which means that each of us possesses the capacity to hear from God. 
That's what Isaiah is talking about. The Lord will be our teacher. Come and let us go. Let's stream to the mountain of the Lord and hear what God has to say to us. Listen. Listen to a, a, a couple of verses from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. That's the invitation of Isaiah's prophecy. Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let's get to the mountain. Let's hear from God. What does He have to say to us? As you and I sit in adoring silence, in those moments of our lives when we're quiet. Doesn't matter if there's rescue sirens in the background. Doesn't matter if there's rain or children running around or pots clanking. Many of us live with other people. It's hard to get away to a place where it's quiet. Doesn't matter if you're in the middle of peats. There's people milling around, business transactions happening, friendships, conversations. The steamer thing that makes the coffee, I don't know what that is, but you know the noise, right? But in a place like that, in a crowd, you can be alone. You can be on the mountain, you can hear from God. What does he have to say to you? I think some of us are afraid of the stillness. It's disquieting and uncomfortable, right? And when we stop, when we really slow down to listen, things come up for us, don't they? Things that we may have thought we've outrun. But in those moments, God speaks directly to us. If we have the patience. God's not a toy. God can't be manipulated. You can't say, all right, set my timer. God, show up, do your thing. It's not like that. Our God is not a vending machine. But as we consistently place ourselves in a position to hear from Him, God is faithful. God will speak. So we come and there's silence, and what do we do? We sit, maybe we write, maybe we listen to a little praise music, and then we wait. The psalm says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, I place my hope. The vision of Isaiah chapter 2 is a vision of the word of God infiltrating our lives. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk 
In his paths, for out of Zion go instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Literally, the prophet Isaiah is forecasting a time in the future when God will reign on Zion and Jesus will be king and peace will prevail throughout the world and in that time we'll be taught by him. Let's start now. Let's get ahead of the curve. And let's sit in silence with the Word of God. I turned my calendar this morning from November to December. There's the redwoods. I have a California calendar. Different pieces of California. Love those redwood trees. Man, December 1st. I love firsts. I'm looking forward to January 1st. I'm looking forward to 2020. I'm looking forward to a brand new year. This year, 2019, has been transformative in my life. And I think 2020 is going to be even more so. I'm so excited. I love firsts. December 1st, and it occurred to me, we're trying to be instructed by the Lord. We're trying to walk in His paths. We're trying to hear from Him. Do you know what? In the Proverbs, there are 31 Proverbs. How many days in December? O-M-G. What a great idea. To work our way into the experience of the mountain of the Lord, to be instructed by Him, to hear from God, let's take one proverb per day. Read it. Reflect on it. Super easy, because if you miss one, proverbs are short. There's not one of them that's more than like 30 verses, right? This is easy stuff. Let's do, let's tune in. Today's day one. We go out of here, a little time in the afternoon or evening, read Proverbs number one. I love it, I love it, I love it. Here's what it says in Proverbs chapter one, gives us kind of the mission of the Proverbs. What are they all about, right? Proverbs one, verse one, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For learning about wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for gaining instruction in wise dealing, righteousness, justice, and equity, to teach shrewdness to the simple, knowledge and prudence to the young, let the wise also hear and gain in learning, and the discerning acquire skill to understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. It tells us right there in chapter 1 what the Proverbs are there for, to make us wise, to give us instruction, to add to our discernment and knowledge and wisdom and insight. doesn't take much time to read one per day, and if you fall behind, it doesn't take long to read two or even three. Let's do that. How simple, right? 
one proverb per day through the month of December and spend a little time in silence with that proverb. God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking into my life today? Friends, God is living and active, and God longs to communicate to us. Let's, let's dial in. Proverbs. Who's in? All right. God, we thank you for the vision of the prophet. We thank you for a time when uh, Jesus will reign as king, literally, on Mount Zion. And until that day comes, God, we seek elevation. We want to be on your holy hill. We want to sit with you, patiently, carefully listening to what you have to say. God, you're our teacher. You are our teacher. Holy Spirit, you speak to those who listen. Holy Spirit, you speak through the words of Scripture. This December, we want to listen. 